I just ask a question. I, I, I think all that's correct, but I think ultimately it's just a decision. It's a decision that you make. And can I just by a show of hands, like, honestly, how many people have ever used Noster or any decentralized social network? All right, that's impressive. Now, how many use it on a, on a weekly basis? Better? Okay. How many use it exclusively? Impressive. That's so impressive. Okay. Oh, I see Will and Vanessa over there. Thomas. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's really a decision. It's not just a matter of, like, developers coming to it and building for it. It's a, it's a matter of people using it. And the, the, the trick about Twitter and the, the reason it became what it became and in, in many ways still is, is because we, we started with something super, super simple and it felt like a protocol. It felt like an API. And it was, it was the developers, because our API was so open, it was the developers who really made it what it was. But more important than the developers, it was the people using it every single day that came up with all this syntax that we did not plan, we did not design for. Like, we never designed for the at symbol in front of a name. We never designed for the hashtag in front of a keyword. We never designed for the retweet. That was Tim O'Reilly from O'Reilly Books, believe it or not. Um, all these things were actually created by people who were not developers. They found this thing, they started using it in weird ways, and we built around it. We supported it, and it scaled like, like crazy, and then more and more people came. So even if you're not a developer, and you believe in the concepts and the philosophies behind Bitcoin, and you believe, you truly believe in anti-censorship, and you truly believe in freedom technology, then you have to show it. And you have to be there, you have to be present, and you have to use it every day, and you have to put up with all the warts that exist in it right now, and you have to help address them and, and fix it. It's the only way it's going to take hold. It's not just going to be a bunch of developers doing things because it's fun. It has to be people like really testing it and wanting it to exist and wanting this to be an answer against corporate media of all sorts, inclusive of social media. Because it just doesn't present the, the, the answers, no matter how great Elon is, and I love the guy, and I also have a complicated relationship, but I love him. He's a single point of failure. I hope that Twitter eventually, or X, eventually uses Nostra because it takes so much liability away from what they have to do. They can be an interface on top of it and still truly be free speech because nothing can take it down, not even the individual that wrote it, um, because you can't delete right now. Um, but the fact that that property exists is what we need in media and it's what we need in money as well. But it, it's a decision. Do you want to use it or not? Do you want this to exist or not? And if you do, then use it. Um. Happy Bitcoin Friday, freaks. It's your host, Odell, here for another Citadel Dispatch. I know it's been a while. We're getting back into the rhythm. 
have another dispatch scheduled for next week. But this one's going to be a really important, fun conversation. We have Mike here, author, maintainer of the Gossip Master Client. How's it going, Mike? Hey, it's going good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, so where should we get started? I mean, that was a straight fire clip from Jack Dorsey today at the Bitcoin Atlantis com- uh, conference over in Madeira. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, you, you've, you've dedicated a lot of time building out your Noster client. Why Noster? Um, well, I guess uh, I was watching, you know, censorship happen. I was watching people kicked off of YouTube, kicked off of Twitter. You know, I think Alex Jones was the first that I noticed and got to Trump. And um, I thought this isn't good for society. You know, we need to have some sort of censorship resistance. And um, I was thinking that before I heard anything about Noster, I was thinking there was going to be uh, that I would write a client and and they would connect into multiple things, you know, because people would leave Twitter and go to Mastodon or right. there were a bunch of other platforms people were looking at. Maybe they'd go to, to Truth Social or something. So I was thinking, okay, people are all over the place now. We don't have a single place that everybody gathers. So if you want to follow people, then you need to have a client that can talk all these protocols and can when people move because they get kicked off of one and go to another that it somehow tracks where they moved to that was my first uh idea my first thinking on this problem i was like well okay and um of course that's a pain in the ass how are you going to write a, a client <laughs> that talk, talks all the protocols you know that's the worst the worst of all worlds um for developers so um I heard about Nostra. I think it was actually on, on Tim Poole's broadcast. Somebody mentioned it just in passing. And I thought, oh, what, what's that? And I looked it up and I saw Fiat Jeff's description. And I, I didn't think it was uh, going to work. I was like, OK, that's not that's not going to work. It needs something else. And I don't remember what the things were that I didn't like about it. But but after after a few days of thinking about it, I decided that it probably will work. And um, Got a got on. The, I think I was using the Astral client. Got on Noster, created a key pair, um, and then it wasn't that long. It was probably within a week that I was like, "This is it, this is it." And so I I, I got to write the client. I'm, forget forget writing the client. I was going to write. I'm going to write a Noster client. So that's that's why Noster. Fucking badass. Um, yeah, I remember Astral. That was early days, and like Brandley. Clients have come a far away since then. Yeah, there's um, been, a, there's been yeah. quite a lot of clients. I think we have probably have enough clients. You think we have enough clients? Is it possible to have enough clients? Well, you can always have more. There's there's no limit. But um, I think I think it's cool how many people are so, so many people are trying different things. I mean, look at gossip. Gossip is so different than pretty much. Yeah, I, I think I think when it comes to the, it's not about how many clients should we have. It's really you know. Clients are specialized now, right? So you have very right. specialized clients for, for using Noster in specialized ways, and there's no limit to that. We're coming up with more and more ways that people will use Noster. So, 
So am I correct that you were in a Bitcoiner first when you found Noster? I had Bitcoin. I had a I had a cold card, and uh, my seed seed phrase hammered into some metal plates and stuff. Oh and, shit! Um, but I didn't. Uh, I wasn't like I didn't believe in Bitcoin. I wasn't a. I didn't call myself a Bitcoiner. I didn't tell everybody else about Bitcoin. I just thought, well, I, I better have some just in case. Right. So it's more like I have a emergency kit in case of an emergency. And I had Bitcoin in case of a financial collapse, but it wasn't something I was I was I was big into. Um, when Bitcoin first came on the scene, I was I thought I was kind of really libertarian. I was really reading Mises and such, and um, I thought this is awesome. But I also thought the government's going to shut it down, so I'm not going to bother. Um, so I never got it early on, and then. Um, at the time I was, I found Noster, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't from, I didn't come here from the Bitcoin community. I was not part of the Bitcoin community. I didn't know a single other Bitcoiner. Um, I did Bitcoin on my own just from reading websites. Right. But now that I've been, you know, with all these Bitcoiners for, for a while, now, <laughs> I'm much more into it. You know, I, I quite, I quite uh, like it. I think, I think it's really cool that Ecuador is using it. And, and um, I think it's a, Really bright. El Salvador. Oh, sorry, El Salvador. You're good. Ecuador will start using it eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you think it's, uh, well, I hear all the time that, you know, one of the problems with Noster is that it's too many Bitcoiners are on Noster. Do you you think that's Yeah. Well, it doesn't bother me, but I think, I think that can slow the growth if, if uh, people are looking at a general chat on relays where most people are, Bitcoiners, or if they brought in by Bitcoiners and they find other Bitcoiners, like that's great. But some people are going to be, well, I want to find the other communities. Yeah. And and you know the existence of one community doesn't preclude other communities. You know, we can have other communities growing at the same time. But um, it's hard to get communities started, right? Because like I want to be part of a, I don't know. A, uh, farming community and right. there's no there's not a lot of other farmers around so so uh, you know it doesn't draw other farmers to Noster because there's no other farming community yet so you know once the community gets started like clearly it's easy to get more bitcoiners onto Noster because there's, I don't know there's that's a lot true. of them there oh okay what do you think uh, first of all first of all Mike uh if you want to if you want to note farming content uh, i would enjoy that like that would be i would appreciate more farming i just content. i just made something up i'm not actually into the farming <laughs> thing but go ahead oh, well too bad i thought i had <laughs> I, I was hoping you were um you know it's it's funny like i actually look at it from the other perspective i think we don't have enough bitcoiners on austria like i, okay. I, I we could yep. have way more i know plenty yeah. of bitcoiners that are you know they're basically twitter only they just use twitter i know other bitcoiners that use tiktok more than they use Noster. Um, and to me, I actually, I get a little bit disappointed and frustrated that we don't have more Bitcoiners on Noster. And I actually tend to disagree with the idea that it slows down adoption, that there's so many Bitcoiners on Noster. Um, yeah, I was, I was trying to say that's not the case either. I agree that yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't slow down adoption because one community doesn't preclude another community. It's just a matter of, 
if somebody starts following a whole bunch of Bitcoiners, but they weren't into Bitcoin, right? It's gonna it's gonna seem off to them. But it's that doesn't jarring. have to happen. That doesn't have to happen, you know. Right. But anyway, I think like maybe the next community that joins Nostra is going to be like the anti-Bitcoin community, and then we can like fill in between the cracks. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the way. Like if they want to troll Bitcoiners, there's a lot of people that hate Bitcoin out there. If they want to troll Bitcoiners, they're going to have to do it on Nostra. Yeah, we, we can fill out everyone else. So, um, I mean, I guess, what do you think about, what's your opinion on, do you, do you use Twitter? Um, I used to have a Twitter account and I posted and I kind of became a troll, you know, and I, in a sense I was, you know, I don't know if you call it a troll, but certainly, um, a lot of back and forth posting and, and, and it was anonymous account, you know, I'll never, yeah. I'll never admit it was me, you know? Yeah. Um, and eventually I decided this isn't good for me and I, and I stopped doing it. But then six or seven months later, I created a new Twitter account that I will never post on that account. It only, only to watch. I mean, now you so need I, an account. Now you need an account to read. You can't read without an account. So. Yeah, exactly. So I have a cast for following and reading, but I don't post. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess where I'm, I was going, I guess where I was going with that is I just think, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, there, there's, a, there's a group of people that think like, you know, Elon's going to save free speech and he's not going to fall down the censorship hole that every other centralized <laughs> platform falls down. And I think it's just a time thing. Like, I think he's obviously going to fall down that and it kind of has already. No, I think he attention. has already. I, yeah. He has already multiple times. I, I was disappointed in the first week. I think. Um, yeah. I, I was. I had a lot of hope. I was like, I really thought he was going to, to be, uh, to be like you know everything that's legally allowed to be said will be said, but that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, anyway, I think a lot of people are in denial, and we just keep building out the tools, and then they'll come when they're ready. But. Uh, I'm curious. So gossip, uh, yeah. what are your, what are your thoughts on? Like you built out this client. It's super unique. Um, what are your thoughts on gossip currently? You know, what are your plans for the future? Like, how do you think about it? Um, I'm just curious on your perspective. Yeah. Um, well, I'll just I'll just kind of go through how it's different, I think. And, and yeah, why, let's start with why, why people should care about gossip in the first and, place, and why why I did it this way. Um, so, actually, let me roll back further. Let me go back a little bit into my history of of, of uh, um, I started out in university uh, uh, doing system administration for the computer science department, and I got to know a lot of people in the department, and so I ended up going to um, upper division, or sorry, uh, grad school at, at UC Davis, and there was a lot of funding from the government for computer security work, and so I got into computer security and did a bunch of work around computer vulnerabilities, and um, you know, we had a database of hundreds of, of scripts to attack systems with. You know, we weren't attacking actual people's systems, and, and they were always usually bugs that had long been fixed, but we used it for testing intrusion detection systems that would try to detect if they were being attacked or not. 
without having been programmed, having any specific attacks programmed into them. Um, and anyhow, I learned a lot about security holes and, and bugs in software that cause security holes. And so, and then I got a job at Sun Microsystems and I, I'd worked uh, as a security guy for them for a while. And so I've always had this background around uh, security and trying to write software that's, that doesn't have, you know, much attack surface that uh, is, is, is um, you know, harder to, more, less likely to have security bugs in it. And the Rust language came along and I think in 2014, um, we had two choices of languages. You could either have a high level language where you, you know, you, uh, you wouldn't have these sorts of buffer overrun security holes. Um, you can still have some high level security holes, but you couldn't have some of the, you know, the free type of memory, memory allocation security holes. Um, or you could have a low level language that gave you much faster speed and control but you have all these security holes and you didn't have anything that give you both, you know, but Rust was the first language where you, you could, um, you could have safe code that didn't have these, these, uh, security, easy security holes, but it's also fast and low level. So I really got into Rust for a while. So anyhow, when it, when it came time to build a Nostra client, I, you know, these is one of, one of the things I was focused on was, well, I want it to be secure as possible. So it's Rust, but it's also, doesn't use the web stack. So there's no CSS or, or HTTP processing or index DB, you know, JavaScript, right. none, of the, none of the web stack. Web stack is gigantic. I don't know if you realize um, all the things that you can do that you didn't know that you could do that maybe you shouldn't, you know, you can write CSS that will cause it to do, to load, load another thing off the internet. And massive attack surface. Yeah, massive attack surface. So, so Gossip's written more like a 3D game um, in that it renders. Uh, now, we didn't write the library, the, the GUI library. There's a library called eGUI, and it renders uh, to the screen like a game would. It's, it, it's immediate mode, so every frame it redraws, um, recomputes what to draw, which means it has to run the, the R code every frame. Um, so we have to write the UI code such that, you know, it's, it's, it's quite fast to do the redraw. It doesn't do any long computations. It can't be asynchronous. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't have that web stack. So that's, that's probably the biggest difference from gossip and, and other clients. Cause most clients are written as, as web applications. Right. So, you know, the downside is, you know, it's hard to render a video in, we, we have it, but it makes it makes it hard to compile for some people and it does have some bugs occasionally it crashes my client um does it render it was, videos i thought they yes, have to like you, click out you know you can click you it, it's a compile option so oh, okay. if, for if you're if you're using a pre-compiled gossip it might have it it might not it depends on which pre-compiled one if you're compiling yourself you need to pass in the uh the uh, feature to say the video dash FFmpeg, and it will usually right. compile with your FFmpeg library to play videos in in the gossip client. I mean, so you, you, I kind of want to rip it out because it's because it doesn't. It's very hard to, to make this work on everybody's machine with different versions of FFmpeg, and 
and um, f trying to find the library and get it to compile and and um, like it mostly works. Anyhow, what was that? I mean, my next question was, um, I mean, you have like a build from source compile yourself mentality, right? Like that's, that's your belief. I recommend uh, only because packaging is packaging is kind of, a, it, it takes me several hours to, to release a package. Right. Cause I have to boot up my Apple machine. I have to boot up my windows machine. I have to move files around on USB stick and check the SHA hashes to make sure that yeah, I'm pretty secure. So I want to make sure that when I put something out, it's definitely not been modified that even if my local network's been attacked some way that they didn't, it couldn't have been modified. So I got to go through all that process to make sure that, you know, I'm put, giving, putting out a safe binary. Um, but then it's a binary. You guys can't know for sure it's safe. Uh, you can see it's right. fine. I, I put out a Nostra event saying this is the shop. This is the SHA-1 hash. So you can know that I'm I'm claiming that I did that work, but you know, for you to know if it's safe, you you have to read all the source code, right? Which is why it's right. open source. Nobody does. Like I don't read the source code of things I run either. <laughs> That's just it's 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 great that it's possible to do it. So people are, you know, they know that they can be they can be found out if they're putting in back doors. But yeah. um but nobody reads the source code. And no the more eyes on it, the better. Yeah, but the more eyes on it, the better. The, so yeah, I don't. I make don't, it pretty easy to build is, from source, like the way releases the ass. So, so yeah, I do recommend people because uh, I don't release that often. Just get clone it and run run the instructions, and you have to install Rust, and then and then build it and run it from from the master branch. Yeah, it's relatively straightforward, but it's definitely but, like a friction point in terms of people using it. Yeah, yeah, understood. There's also um, a uh, an unstable branch, but but sometimes I roll that back, or sometimes that messes up your database. So that's mostly for us developers to be testing. If you if you're adventurous, you could run on the unstable branch, but I would most people should stay on the master branch. So one of the cool things about the gossip client to me is this idea that it's like automatically trying to figure out which relays to pull from um yeah can you go into that a little bit like it's a little bit murky how i don't fully understand it yeah okay so it seems to work <laughs> i think of i think i the, i call this problem the general problem of in nasta you know some people create events and generally it's other people that read those events so you could read back your own events but let's take the general case where you know you're trying to send out a note and somebody that follows you reads it okay then there has to be some it has to use relays to do this, and which relays is it going to use, right? I call it relay rendezvous because you know you've got to have you know the writer and the reader of the event have to somehow rendezvous, either rendezvous at the same relay or have things copied between relays. Um, whatever it is, a person who creates an event puts it out on Noster is going to choose what relays they're going to put it out onto, and if I want to follow that person, one way to find their events is to figure out what relays they put it onto. Right. So that's what I started out with. I was like, okay, I want to follow Jack and he seems to be posting to, you know, relay.damus.io. So I'll go connect to relay.damus.io and pull down Jack's notes. Well, how do I, I so you, I had to figure out, well, how do I know where people post? 
And it turned out with, with these earlier clients that the contents of the kind three would be the relays that, the, that were configured. It was shared between, I think Damas and Astral originally shared that uh, relay list to say, hey, if you configure your client to post to these re to relays, then they can, they can share that between the two clients. It was meant for the client to know where to post. It wasn't meant for other people to peek at to figure out where to read their posts, but I used it for the other purpose. And then there were other ways to figure out where people post. And I think it was six or seven little, you know, you get relay hints or, or various things. And so originally gossip was using it any way it could figure to find out where people post. So when you follow people, that, that's where it would get their posts from. The trickier thing was to say, okay, I'm following a hundred people. And some of these people post on some relays and other people post on a completely disjoint set of relays. And then there's a, certainly lots of overlap. And if I just listened to every single relay that was in that superset, that would be too many relays. Is there some way that I can pick a small set of relays that covers everybody I'm following? And, and right. maybe for redundancy covers them twice. So for each person, I'm listening to at least two relays that they post on to, for a little bit of redundancy. So working that out was, was a little bit tricky. And, and so I, I published that as a separate library called the uh, Gossip Relay Picker. So the Gossip Relay Picker is a little Rust library that has some callbacks you have to fill in, and then it will figure out what relays to connect to. But how but, is but this? Go ahead. Yeah. But is, so isn't that not, it, are, are you not pulling from a ton of relays in that situation? Well, I kind of am at this point. I usually, it still could be 20, 30 relays. Like I follow a couple hundred, I follow a couple hundred people, and it seems that I keep the debug screen up on gossip, and it seems like there's, like oftentimes I'm connected to 40, 50, 60 relays. Um, a lot of times it's it's uh, you know a quick connect to grab someone's metadata, and it gets disconnected, or it's a quick connect right. to look for to look for uh, are there any reactions to this set of events or something that you're, it only looks for the, the events that are showing on your screen at the moment. So, you know, it doesn't want to overload the relays um, to say, is there any reactions to any of those events? So there'll, there'll be a lot of connections to relays that connect and then drop again. Right. But generally there'll be some 30 or 40 connections for me, at least um, that are just, you know, constantly running, which, which is okay on a desktop. And that's not that bad. You know, it'd be, it'd yeah. be pretty bad. It'd be bad if you had to do lots, open and close lots of connections on a phone, I guess, for the battery life, but, but it doesn't seem to be uh, cause any performance problems. Um, for for broadcasting notes, are you just honoring the relay list of the users? Does it just broadcast to like my selected relays? So you, so if I tag you on a note, then I want you to see it, right? Is that right. what you mean? No, no. I mean, just like a regular, like I go to post on gossip. Like, is it just using my default relay list? So there's, there's the old un, un, unstandardized relay list in the kind three content. Yeah. And then there's the newer standardized relay list called uh, NIP 65, which is right. kind 10,002. And it will prefer that, but it will, 
yes, it will then post to your your write relays, right? Which are the re relays you write to. So if Got you it. have if you have seven of them or something, which is plenty, I think. I think I have. I have twenty three. Is that a problem? <laughs> um, you really think you're going to get censored, don't you? Um, yeah, I'm just spreading. I'm spreading the seed. Can't can't try and block this. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's still early, and because clients are still playing with different ways to do things, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense because you don't know which clients, other clients may not be able to find where you read from, and they just happen to read from one of those 23 relays, then they can see you. You know, if you post to enough, then you'll you'll probably, people will find your stuff, right? And so people are kind of blasting their events to, to uh, because of that. If, if the uh, NIP65 model, the, the inbox outbox model, is the way we eventually go, then people won't have to blast events as far. You, Right. You just have like two relays and then kind of like a website, you know, people don't even have redundant websites right now. They generally just have one website. And then if you want to get someone's blog, you just go to their website and get it from their one website. Um, so we could have a lot less data going through the through the network under that system. But but there's there are there are people who don't think it's the way to go. So, you know, we're still we're still uh, working out working out what's the way to go. Are you familiar, just to pull it back for a second, are you familiar with the Sparrow Bitcoin wallet on desktop? Uh, yeah, I am, yes. I use it. Yeah, Craig Raw is a good friend. And gossip, to the Bitcoiners that are listening that are like Nostra curious, like gossip reminds me of Sparrow in like the highest compliments way. Like it, it feels oh, like the you. Sparrow wallet of, of Nostra. It's like how I kind of think about it. Um... You know, he has similar thoughts about attack surface and security first and performance. Um, what, uh, so you have a feature that I can enable proof of work on my notes. Um, right. Is that um, like, I assume that was for like some kind of relays could use it for spam prevention or something, but does it actually have a purpose right now or is it just a flex? Yeah, well, Originally, it was the idea was yeah relays would use it for spam prevention, and um, uh, there was a, a, a nip I don't remember the number for it that that uh, was accepted and merged in, and then somebody in my feed said um, relays are going to start requiring proof of work. And, and, you know, it was just a sort of a, a prediction the person was making. But I didn't read it that way. I read it like, hey, everybody, <laughs> notice relays are about to start requiring proof of work. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, shit, I haven't coded this yet. So I coded the proof of work stuff so that my notes would still be accepted because I didn't want to get kicked off a master. Um, <laughs> Well, that never happened. <laughs> like, I don't think it's any relays out there that require proof of work. So, so it's part of gossip. Um, it's just kind of fun more than anything else. You know, people could have a little proof of work showing how much work they put into their note. Yeah, it's uh, a cool I flex. Think, I don't think anybody's really requiring it right now. So, my understanding is Amethyst shows the proof of work. Obviously, uh, gossip shows the proof of work. Uh, it's got like a little POW equals. Uh, signifier right. at the top of each note 
Uh, are there any are there any other clients that let you add proof of work right now that you know of? I don't know of them. No. I think it it makes sense as like a novel like we're gonna have. So my next uh, my next question for you is like, what challenges do you see for Noster and like I, going forward? And I think one of them's got to be, like we haven't really. It's 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 an un untold answer we have like a it's a theoretical question about spam and relays and oh, how that all says, plays out kieran says on chat snort has proof of work oh there we go oh kieran kieran thanks for uh, also building zap stream appreciate you um anyhow back to what you're saying what was that like what challenges are ahead for Nostra? Like, I feel like one of them, like one of the unsolved challenges is spam. Like, I don't know if, I don't think it's a kill shot, but, uh, yeah, like the have, idea that relays are just going to accept anyone's notes. I mean, there might be some relays that do, but yeah, I think there's, we have a lot of ways on the client side to deal with spam. For instance, uh, something that Fiat Jeff convinced me to do was to take uh, relays and some relays, we know that they filter spam and, and, and how they filter spam, that's the problem. I think you're talking about it and that's hard. Yeah. Um, but if we know a relay is filtering spam and we trust it to do so, then we can go ahead and pull events from it as a general feed, but also replies. We can see all replies because we know they're filtered as spam, right? And if you get a relay that isn't trusted to filter spam, then then you don't want to see everybody that replies to your note. You only want to see replies from people that you know are re regularly good people, right? So people you follow or, or a web of trust set of people. So that's in gossip now. So if you go into settings and you can you can turn on this feature that says uh, whether or not uh, uh, for relays, whether it's spam safe or not. And if it's if you say this relay is spam safe, then it will allow more things to come. You can see relay. You can see re replies from strangers. But if it's not spam safe, you won't see replies from strangers. Um, so on the client side, you know, these sorts of things. I also have it's a, a plugged in script so you can write a script that filters the events and, and drops events that match your, your script filter. Um, and there's a few other things that we did around filtering spam. So on the client side, I think it's pretty good. On the relay side, it seems a really hard problem, right? How, how do you, it's, it's again, the moderation problem. Is it, what is spam? Is it illegal? Right. Do, do we allow all legal content and, and, um, Hey, someone's promoting Bitcoin. Is that spam? Um, some people think it is on other platforms. Um, so it's really, uh, I, it's really a problem. I don't, I don't, I feel dirty getting involved in it. <laughs> like I don't even yeah. want to be involved in it. Um, it's, it's adjacent I, I need, to censorship. It needs to be done. Yeah, it's adjacent to censorship. It needs to be done. Some some people need to do it, but but uh, it's it's not. Well, it's more it's on the relay. I want to think about. Right. Because like if you and the, my thought is like you scale, let's say you scale Noster out to a billion people. Right. Like relays are going to have to have relay relay operators are going to have different methodologies in terms of which notes they're holding on to and which notes they're not, because otherwise it's it's going to get pretty costly. Right. Absolutely. 
And well, I feel oh, like, that, that yeah. reminds me of uh, reminds me of another sort of spam, uh, another thing about spam. So I recently wrote a relay called the Chorus Relay, and I don't know how many uh, people are using it. Probably not very many yet. Um, it's I found a bug today that's that's fairly serious. Um, which I, I need to fix. I was, in, I was working on it when this when this uh, dispatch started. Oh, but, sorry um, to derail you. No, no, it's it's all right. Um, I probably need <laughs> to step away from it. Uh, it. It has to do with if you're if someone's trying to do a filter and they have multiple public keys, multiple authors, multiple kinds, and there's a limit. Um, it it would uh, preferentially be pulling the items from the first pair of of key and kind. Um, and once it got to the limit, it would finish. It. it would never go cycle through the other keys and kinds. And so you weren't getting them in time order necessarily. You know, you were skipping some. Um, I will fix it. It's kind of hard to do, but I'll, I know what, I know how to fix it. Um, oh, so so the point of the relay is it is it, it uses a, a, it's a personal relay. And the idea of a personal relay is the rules are uh, everybody could read from it, but only events authored by the relay user, which my personal relay, it's me, right? So people could read only my events from the relay. And people can write to the relay only if it tags me. And so if people use it as my inbox and they write things to tag me to the relay, then I can read them out, but that nobody else can read them back. So people could put spam on my relay but nobody else could then read that spam back out again. Everybody reading from the relay will only see my notes. And so I don't have to moderate spam because this it, nobody can spread spam, right? I, I don't have, nobody's going to be complaining. The only one that's going to be complaining is me because I'm seeing all this spam that people are throwing in there that tags me. So it sort of solves half of the problem. So is that, that idea is that you'd run that personally for yourself? It'd be like a personal relay. Yeah, well, the idea is the problem is I needed a good inbox, right? For outboxes, it's fine. I can I can post my stuff onto well-known relays, right. and if and they can be paid relays even, and it's fine because you can read you can read from a paid relay without paying generally. Um, but for an inbox, if someone wants to send me something and tag me, um, I can't do that on a paid relay. Because right. people, unless I can't expect everybody to pay to be able to send me a note, you know, so it has to be an unpaid relay. So the re the idea for me is I needed a solid inbox that, that right. and this this does both. It's it's but the main reason I I built it, the main reason I'm running it, is as an inbox, and um, for some reason people aren't actually posting when they tag me. They're going to one of my other inbox relays. So. People aren't actually putting things in it. Or maybe there's a bug. I don't know. Maybe there's a bug that's not taking people's notes. That's a clever idea anyway, a clever concept. Um, what are your thoughts on, so like, if I'm talking to someone that hasn't used Nostr yet, um, like the, my perspective is like, I definitely do not send them to gossip first. Um, yeah, I probably not the first one. Yeah, I mean, maybe it depends on the person. If they're like very tech focused and hardcore, then maybe I'd send them to gossip first, and it actually would 
get them more interested in Nostra than if I didn't. But for like the average person that's maybe addicted to Instagram or TikTok or, or Twitter, I would send them to like a primal or a Domus or an amethyst on, and, you know, mobile first, you know, everyone uses their phones now as like their primary computing device. Um, what are your thoughts on, have you used any of those clients? Like, what are your thoughts on their trade-off balances? Like, yeah. I mean, they're like something like a primal is completely different than gossip. Yeah. I have, uh, on my phone, I have amethyst and primal and, a coracle and i kind of just switch around between them what are your um, thoughts i think they're uh like i i find amethyst easier or more complete or something um or i'm more used to it so i don't run primal and coracle that often um but uh, they're 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 generally the same kind of uh layout and, and experience. And I think it's, I think that's good. That's what people expect. You don't, you don't, you don't want a lot of surprise factor, right? Gossip is, gossip's got a lot of settings. Gossip has a lot of, uh, of, you know, it, it has all the menus show, showing up. It's, it's easier. It's less deep in a sense that because there's more screen real estate, you can put more things out there. And on a phone, if you, if you have, want that many menus, you need to dig a little deeper to get to them. Right. But, um, I, I quite like the, the, the clients. I like the other clients. Um, I think they're much easier for yeah non-technical people to run. Um, I kind of wrote gossip for myself. I wanted uh, if I wanted something, then I then I can add it to my client. You know? um, I, that doesn't mean just writing it for myself. You know, obviously I'm writing. I'm taking issues from other people that people want something. Even if I don't want it, I'll put it in. I put in reactions. I don't really use reactions. I don't. I don't want to be addicted to other people's likes. Um, yeah, I. But, uh, but I, I, mainly, mean, I think some of the some of the best tools are tools that people just build for themselves. Right? They have a need, they build it out for themselves. Yeah, I figure there's going to be enough people similar enough to me that will also appreciate the same sorts of things. You know. And it's going to fit our kind of people, you know. Um, but it can also spread out from that to people that are a little bit different, you know. But but I'm not going to be very good at writing a client for people that are quite a lot different from me. So right. so it just makes sense to do what I think's right, and and other people will maybe like it too. I mean, I think one of the coolest parts about Noster is that you can have like a client like primal that has like a, a centralized caching service and you know a built-in lightning wallet and runs on mobile and is like super pretty and it's interoperable with something like gossip uh like that's what makes it yeah. really cool is that all these clients are are interoperable and they all use the same open protocol but they take so many different trade-off balances and users yeah, have and choice and can move between them i don't have a wallet you know i do zaps but they're kind of it's kind of clunky um I like how you do zaps where it just like, it just shows me a QR code. Well, it assumes you have another thing on your phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I assume you have a phone you can scan this QR code. Um, but I don't, yeah, what are your a, zaps? I don't have a caching relay. I'll come back to that in a second. I don't have a okay. caching relay. Um, we interact just fine with clients that aren't using the inbox outbox model. You know, they use a totally different model. And right. it's, we're all interacting fine you now. Um, 
what are my thoughts on Zaps? Um, I like Zaps. I, I think I want to run my own Lightning node, but I think that means it has to be on the internet, right? Yeah. It, can, it, it needs it to be, be hot. Does it need a port open for other people coming into it? Um, or could it run you, like, like like Bitcoin Core does? Um, well, for LNURL, which is what Zaps use, you need a ClearNet server somewhere. Uh, but your actual Lightning node can connect back to it via Tor. Okay. But you need like a... In, in most situations, like if you actually want it to be performant and you don't want to drop zaps and like lose zaps and have people have errors and whatnot, it's just best to just run the whole thing in a in a VPS in some cloud server somewhere. Right. And um, then does that does that mean it has my Bitcoin key secret? I mean, yeah, key? it has it has your it's a hot wallet. So like, you know, trade-offs, right? You got to just... Okay, so you just make a separate wallet for it. Right, yeah, you make a completely separate wallet for it. I mean, my personal favorite, and it has comes with its own trade-offs, like obviously, you know, there's some level of trust involved is a service called Voltage.Cloud. Um, and they'll just, they'll do everything for you. Um, and like spit out a lightning address and it'll go to your own node. But your keys are hot. You can also do right. it yourself. I mean, you're the type of guy that would probably do it himself. Um, but then we go back down to like all the different trade-offs, right? Like I, there's going to be a lot of users that are unfortunately using custodial wallets, I think, at least in the short term. Um, and that's just like lightning requires like liquidity management and liquidity management has been the major hurdle for people is this idea that you need to have inbound liquidity and it needs to be, you know, liquidity to, well-connected nodes. Otherwise, you're not going to get any zaps. Um, mm. So there's different models there. There's this one model. I mean, you, Charming eCash might be on your radar. Um, Charming eCash at least gives the custodial users privacy from the custodian. Um, and the tokens are bearer tokens themselves because it uses eCash. So they can right. transfer offline. Um, and then there's something called Fediment, which takes the Charming eCash to another level and basically makes it like a multi-sig federation. So you, a multi-sig custodian. So like you need multiple people to collude to steal the money and you still have so, privacy. But they're just, is, lightning is hard to work with, that's why. Yeah, that sounds like it's hard to work with. What, what is Cashew? Cashew is Charming eCash uh, Bitcoin banks. So it's it uses the Charming eCash properties to give you uh, incredibly strong privacy guarantees from the custodian and everyone else. Your anonymity set is basically all users of the mint of the custodian. Um, and then they have something called a lightning gateway where it's like a professional lightning operator is essentially providing liquidity out to other lightning wallets. Um, so the average user doesn't have to manage the liquidity. Right. Interesting. Yeah. It's, so I, it's, I was it, it is interesting. With I was familiar with David Chalm's work. I'd read some of his papers back in the nineties, you know, before Bitcoin. So when I heard this eCash Chalm Chalm stuff, I was like, "Wait a second! I remember that from ages ago." Yeah, so we've come full really, circle. That's really cool that that's come back around. Yeah, Chalm and eCash was like in the eighties, but the problem was was that it used dollars, so the yep. mints needed to be connected to financial institutions and banks and banks don't like when you have digital cash privacy. 
So and there was no, there was no blockchain yet. Had yeah, there was no Bitcoin. Bitcoin. So right. instead, what he's using is he's using, well, he, what Cali proposed, and now it's a protocol and a lot of people are building on top of it, is you use Bitcoin as the back end. So, so none, these mints don't need to ask permission from a financial institution. So that, right. that was the biggest holdup with Charmin eCash. It's like first we had Charmin eCash and then later on, you know, almost 20 years later, Bitcoin comes around, maybe a little bit older than 20, more than 20 years, Bitcoin comes around. And then it took, you know, 15 years for people to put Charmin eCash with Bitcoin. And we're at the very early stages of it. Um, right. But then you still have the issue that the one custodian, right, the Charmin Mint can still steal your money or silently inflate you. And that's where this idea of Fediment comes in, which is like, you can have a quorum. So it's like three of five people run the mint and you need, you need you know, five people run the mint and you need like three of them to steal the money to come together. So we're moving pretty quick on that front. Interesting. Yeah. It's super compelling. But uh, also, a, lot, yeah. a lot for me, a lot for me to learn there, I think. Yeah. And then yeah. the other thing, rabbit holes deep. The other thing is, you know, with zaps, um, the social signal, you know, you said you don't like, you don't want to see like people's reactions or likes or whatever. But I think one of the most compelling parts of zaps is that if someone sends like in, in the zap stream, right, we're, we're streaming through zap stream, right. And people are, are zapping, uh, are zapping the show to support the show. The show has no ads. Uh, it's completely audience funded and people are, are supporting the show via zaps and they're getting social credit, right. It, it's, it's visibly showing, who is sending who is sending the money and they put a message on it and stuff. And that's what also makes it, you know, kind of a complicated problem to solve because you, you need to have some kind of web server that's yeah. that's showing the receipts. Yeah, I have zaps turned on for my for gossip. I, I run with yeah. I definitely see that. Gossip doesn't show you who did the zap. And the data is available, but we're not doing it. We just we just have been adding up the numbers. But um, I think that's important. I think like people zap more if it shows. All right. Um, so do you understand what I'm saying? Like the social signal aspect. Yeah, that's something I can definitely add as an issue to work on. Uh, yeah. Once once I'm done with all the other issues. <laughs> well, we appreciate you and all your work. Um, um, yeah. You got something you want to talk about? You seem like you had something on the top of your mind. Um, I, I have something. Up. Go ahead. Um, so open sets, we're funding 21 clients. One of the clients we're funding is gossip. I'm, uh, I'm kind of just curious thank you. on, yeah, thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, you know, no hold, no holds barred. Like don't feel bad, like hurting my feelings or something like that. I make no money from open sets. I just want it to be the best it can be. I'm curious on your experience interacting with open sets, like what your opinion is. Um, First of all, I'm just kind of flabbergasted that that I can be funded like this. It's um, interacting with OpenSats has been perfectly easy. You know, um, I I don't have any particular feedback to give. I don't think. I think um, it's it's really cool. I, I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised that uh, that that so many projects are funded. That's that's uh, that's really cool. Um, I hope I'm I hope I'm worthy enough to to earn it, you know. And sometimes I feel like, you know, I, I look at, you know, Vitor who's 
just putting out a massive amount of stuff or Pablo and, and I'm like, I just can't keep up. I can't keep up. And, um, but, uh, well, I really appreciate it. They're both getting funded as well. I believe, um, it's hard to keep track. We have over a hundred grants and it's not just me. Like the way we have open set set up is, uh, we have a nine person board, uh, to try and reduce any kind of corruption. No one on the board gets paid any money. And uh, the way it works is, is when an application comes in, uh, if it, if it gets five of nine votes from the board, uh, then it gets approved. Um, so that way any individual can kind of co-op the process or block, they can't block grants. They can't push grants through. um, And we're just trying to be as transparent as possible. The whole thing is runs on Bitcoin. Our entire treasury is in Bitcoin multi-sig. No single person can rug the treasury. It increases in purchasing power over time. All grants are paid out in Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, it's like pretty that. crazy from the inside. And so early still. Um, well, if you're a dev and you're listening to this, go, you can go to opensats.org to apply. Any, any open source project is um, eligible. You have to be open source. And if you are someone uh, who wants to donate, you can go to the same website, opensats.org, to donate. You can donate with dollars or, or Bitcoin. If you donate with dollars, we'll just automatically convert that into Bitcoin. Um, and you can get a tax deduction. If you're in America, we're a 501c3. So instead of paying Uncle Sam, um, you can help support developers. Or you can donate anonymously, which I think is important. All these, like, there's so I have such bad taste in my mouth with so many charities that either take a huge cut of donations or they're like put you on email lists and they spam you and they do all this shit. Like we're just trying to be, you know, cut built a little bit different there. Yeah, no, I, it's it's really uh, it's really good to see. It's refreshing to see, you know, because everybody involved clearly wants to promote these things and is willing to to do what they're doing without getting paid to, to make sure it happens. Um, we have Musahi718 in the Nostr comments. By the way, the Nostr live chat, freaks, uh, if you're not aware, is at siddledispatch.com slash stream. Uh, it's powered by Zapstream. Kieran is the maintainer of that. I believe Zapstream is also a recipient of an OpenSats grant. Um, definitely check it out. It's really cool. But Musahi718 in the comments is saying, he mentioned something, npub.cash, oh, Musashi, Musashi, sorry, apologies. Um, he mentioned this 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 project called npub.cash, which I thought was really interesting. Very early days. It's a custodial wallet. I don't know, Mike, is this on your radar? I see the thing. It's, is it uh, on my radar for things to do with gossip? I, I'm not sure what we're no, talking about. No, I mean, about. I don't... I don't know if it's relevant for gossip. It seems like it's probably not. But uh, what's cool about it is like anyone with an NPUB automatically has a custodial wallet with NPUB.cash. If you just do the NPUB at NPUB.cash, you can start receiving zaps. So I do wonder if like some clients will just default to um, the the biggest issue is just a single custodian. And so that person, I think his name is Eggy. You know, I've never met him. I don't know, you know. Is he going to rug? Is he going to accidentally rug? Is he going to get hacked? You know, there's all these different ways you can lose money. It's not easy being a custodian of people's money. But any client could theoretically make it so when you first, you know, create your your NSEC and your NPUB, it just automatically gives you a lightning address at npub.cash. 
um, and they can just immediately start receiving zaps, which I think is there's something there. It's pretty compelling. Well, given all those trade-offs, if if that's all working, um, so if if you're getting there at npub.cash, how do you how do you otherwise interact with it? What if you want to cash out or something? They have a web app, and you know you um, you sign with your NSEC, and it gives you access, and then you can send it to any right um, right any lightning so, wallet. So I guess I could just, you know, in your metadata where you edit metadata, it could just offer this, you know, it's like enter your, right. enter your, um, right now, I don't think it even has like the LUD6, LUD16 fields you have to end, you have to add them. Um, but we should be able to offer that and say, just, you know, just accept your end, end pub cash uh, wallet and you're ready to go yeah, to get zaps. You can like, here to get zaps, you know? Yeah, I actually don't think that's a bad trade-off balance. There's something there. Zaps are cool. Um, Mike, we're nearing the end of our time. I'm just, what are you most excited about Noster? What are you most worried about? Um, I put a post on Noster a few weeks ago about how we're, we're, we're not all in sync with each other and things are keep changing. And I guess I was frustrated because I couldn't keep up, but um, there's a lot of people working on a lot of ideas and we're a very creative community. And so, and we move fast. And so I think that some of the biggest risks are compatibility and stability um, and breaking things and, and, you know, older software not keeping up necessarily with changes. Um, so, so I, that's my, I think the biggest risk, but we're managing it. We're managing it and we need to break things still, you know, especially uh, uh, if, if that's, you know, if you consider the alternatives. So, um, I I had a uh, the the NIP repository of the breaking file so that we could try to track that. If people would people who are involved in, in the NIPs, um, the the Noster implementation possibilities, the, the updates to the standard. Um, when when you make a, uh, updates, uh, try to also update that file if you're breaking something. I, I noticed nothing's news coming through there. But uh, at least four or five things have been changed, breaking changes that are they're not getting in that file. So, um, otherwise, I think I think Nostra is great. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what I want to see what the this uh, this group of people that isolated themselves on that island. I want to see what they came <laughs> up with. Did did they announce anything what they what they've been doing or what? You mean the boys at Sovereign Engineering, led by Gigi yeah. and Pablo? Yeah, yeah. I think they've been teasing stuff. I mean, Pablo keeps just shipping random projects. Did you see Wikifredia? The Wikipedia I saw that. I saw that. Yes. Um, I but I, th- I think uh, you know they're saving the best for last. I, I think we're going to hear more pretty soon. They've been they've been hacking away for like three months now. Um, right. Those guys are awesome. That's a that, that was a cool cool concept it was like almost like an accelerator program but just with like no funding completely open source um just all, all of them in the same room on the same tiny island just all hacking away i would love to have uh i know gg's been absolutely swamped um and he's he he came in as our fearless leader he run, runs operations at OpenSats, which is also taking a lot of his time um, but i would love to get gg and pablo maybe some of the other guys from sovereign engineering on dispatch when uh their heads clear in the next couple of weeks because now they have the conference the conference is like the 
the final hurrah is my understanding. Cool. Um, awesome, Mike. This was fucking great. And uh, I really appreciate all the work you're doing. And Gossip is glad, a really cool client. We use it all the time. Glad you like Gossip. Yeah. And if you it have other me, ideas, if you have I ideas miss it. for what to do with it, let me know. I miss it when I'm on mobile. I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll just wait until I get to desktop. <laughs> like, why am I Why am I trying to do Nostrum mobile? But it's, it's, it's just fucking awesome. So thank you. And yeah, I'll be in touch. If you need anything from me, don't hesitate to reach out. Happy to give you feedback, support, anything. Um, right. And I'll, I'll do the same. But just thank you. Okay, and cool. uh, um, to all the freaks who joined us in the live chat, you know, thanks for being ride or dies. I know it's been a, a little bit since the last dispatch, but I haven't forgotten about you guys. I just don't want to waste anyone's time. So try and only do dispatches when it feels like it's important. And I, I thought this was an important topic. We do have a, I have another dispatch lined up for next week. It's going to be more Bitcoin focused. I'm not supposed to announce who the guests are yet, um, but they'll, they will be in person. So it'll be a, a fun in-person rip. Um, and let's get to it. I'll, we'll get the momentum back up. And uh, I appreciate all of you guys who continue to support the show with Bitcoin. Um, it's incredibly rewarding seeing the zaps come in and the boosts come in through podcasting 2.0 apps and all the messages. And last but not least, if you haven't tried Nostra yet, just tr just try the thing. Download different clients. You know, we mentioned many different clients. And check out Gossip. Check out Primal. Check out Amethyst, Snort, Domus. There's many clients. Play around with them. Try and escape your slave screens and all the centralized platforms and, and just push forward. Thanks all. Take care.
Love you, freaks. Family sex sets. 